0: We are continuing a series of conversations titled Outside These Walls. where We're piggybacking off of the message we did at Revive Night last week titled Christianity is a cult. And that's C-O-L-T, not C-U-L-T. And we talked about how the call of a Christian is to catch and carry the kingdom of God outside of these walls. And if you missed that message, please at some point this week, go back, listen to it so you can kind of better understand the conversation we're having now. Because the truth for every single one of you Is that your faith in Jesus, your faith, it cannot be built on the faith of your parents, your peers, or even your pastor. It has to be personal. Like your faith cannot be built off the words I say. They have to be built on what Jesus is speaking to you. Like your faith right now, it must take place not just on a Wednesday night or Sunday morning. It has to continue outside of these walls. So many times we are so privy to the fact that we can come on a Wednesday night or a Sunday and have a spiritual high, get filled up, only to leave the next day and feel depressed, only to wait until the next week to get our next fill up. But that was never the intention of Jesus. And so we're gonna start this conversation, uh, and I'm gonna say something that you've probably never heard a pastor say, but this is to enable you to actually own your faith outside of these walls. And in order for you to do that, in order for you to actually take ownership of your faith and it be your own, the one thing that you've got to stop doing is you have got to stop having a relationship with Jesus. That's the one thing you have to do. Seriously, if you're going to actually own your faith and your faith is not going to be built on your parents, your peers, or even your pastor, but personal, you've got to stop having a relationship with Jesus. That you just having just a relationship with Jesus is actually the problem to so many of the situations you find yourself in. (laughs) Now that I have your attention, let me explain. Uh, Any of you guys remember Jared Lemke? Okay, so Jared, he's one of our friends. Everybody's quiet. Guys, trust me, I'm gonna bring this around, okay? Uh, So I'm not a heretic, just just listen to me. Uh, Jared Lemke, he is a friend of mine. He came back in 2017, and he spoke at our first winter camp, and it was incredibly powerful. I heard about Jared from one of the guys who comes and speaks at our church every year, Tim Biddle, Uh, and I got to know him the moment he landed in Atlanta. And so we started our relationship, and it was, it was pretty good. And then he came and spoke, and he was a really good communicator. I was taller than him and had a better head of hair, so I already felt like I one-upped him. And so we really had a good relationship. It was one-sided, but it was a decent relationship. You know, we went, uh, and we had coffee together, and we just talked youth ministry, and our relationship began to grow. He killed it at the camp. We come back, and when I dropped him off at the airport, man, we said our goodbye. It was kind of emotional, but he left, and my life went on. I continued. And yet we talked every now and again, and we invited him back, and we had another camp, and he actually stayed at our house for a week, and it was incredible. Uh, And then he left again. And when we said goodbye, it was emotional, but when he left, my life continued, and my life was good. And even though I haven't had uh, a face-to-face conversation with Jared in about a year, even though I haven't talked to him in about a month, then we still have a really good relationship. But I think the problem is that this is the kind of relationship so many people have with Jesus is it's just another relationship. You guys need to know the world that you're living in. We have relationships with everybody. Like, you have relationships with your parents, with your peers, and with even your pastor. Some are good relationships. Some are really deep relationships. Some are toxic. Some are kind of damaging. But you guys have relationships with them. In the world we live in now, you guys have relationships with people on social media. And some of you guys who love video games, you have the ability and capacity to have a relationship with people you've never even seen all through playing video games. See, We are living in a world where you have relationships with everybody, but because that's the case, the relationship that we have with Jesus is now just thrown in the mix with every other relationship. And the truth is that we've got to just stop having a relationship with Jesus because he actually wants something more. And so when you go home and you tell your parents and I what you learned, don't say you learned to stop having a relationship with Jesus, hear me. There's actually a different type of relationship that you can't find anywhere else in the world that he actually wants and desires for us to have, that your thriving in life is built on this specific type of relationship. And the word that Jesus used to describe it, it's the word abide. And the first time we really see this word that Jesus used is in John 15. Jesus is about to leave the world, and he tells his disciples this right here. It's in John 15. If you're taking notes, uh, you can write this down, or you can take a picture of it. It says, abide in me, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, well, neither can you unless you abide in me. And then he says this, he says, I am the vine, talking about Jesus, you, talking about us, are the branches. Then again, he says, so he or she who abides in me and I in him, they will bear much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. You got say nothing. What Jesus communicates is a lot of times Jesus would use metaphors and ways of communicating that they would understand, right? So I would probably never say that I'm a vine, you're a branch. I would use more relevant examples to communicate to kind of get the point across. That's what Jesus was doing. And so Jesus' disciples, they understood the relationship between a vine and a branch. See, the vine was where all the life and the energy was, but the fruit was connected to The branch. And for every single one of us, when the Bible says that you're called to bear fruit, that doesn't mean you're supposed to fart an apple. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to burp a banana. Like it literally means to bear fruit. It means to actually make a difference. That in your life, God partners with you to actually make a difference in the life of somebody else. That your life actually gives life to other people. And you guys can feel that. For those of you who serve or do anything like out, out there like that, like you are bearing fruit. And so Jesus says, That he is the vine and you are the branches. Meaning that, think about, if a branch is cut off from a vine, what happens to it? It dies. But if the branch is connected to the vine, it bears fruit. The branch does nothing to bear fruit other than simply abide in the vine. By simply being connected to the vine, the branch bears fruit. It doesn't struggle to bear fruit. It simply abides in it. And, And this is the picture that Jesus wants everybody Think of when it comes to relating and having a converse or connection with Him. He wants us to abide in Him. A lot of the messages out there say today, if you want to make a difference, you have to try really, really hard on your own power. Well, that's not the message of Jesus. And Jesus also does not want you to have any other relationship with Him, because just like a branch, apart from Him, Bible communicates, and we are dead apart from Him. You will never live the life He has for you, or the life you want to live—the life actually filled with love, peace. Enjoy if you're not connected to Him. See, this principle of abiding, man, it was first kind of illustrated with Moses. If you guys are new to church, Moses, he was a guy in the Old Testament, and God called Moses, he was an old dude, late in life, he called Moses to lead two million people out of slavery into a promised land. We get about 200 people in here, uh, and, and, it's, and it's super stressful. Some of y'all kind of crazy, some of y'all drive me daggum nuts. Most of y'all smell like feet. I'm talking to my middle school front row right here. I love you, Wyatt and Gabe and Hayden and Levi. And not so much, you know But the point is, he had two million people he was in charge of. So every single day, just like you guys, man, he was in stressful situations, feeling ill-equipped to do the thing God had called him to do, constantly dealing with drama, which we're gonna talk about next week, how to actually deal with drama, because it's the number one thing everybody deals with. And then he's trying to be used by God. And so he picked up a practice that actually allowed him To be connected with Jesus in the middle of all the chaos and crisis that was the world. And this is what he said. See, it was Moses' practice, this is in Exodus 33, to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Everybody who wanted to make a request of the Lord or go connect with God, they would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. As Moses went in the tent, the pillar of cloud, that was basically God's presence, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord would speak with Moses. And inside the tent, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. This is thousands of years ago, but the idea was if anybody wanted to connect with God, like Moses did, he literally had to get up, leave the town, build a tent, walk in the tent, and then pray, and then God would come down out of the sky and connect with him. That's all it was. It wasn't like it is today. And so that's how he connected with him. But man, that connection, that relationship, that abiding in that moment, even though it was a lot of work to get there, it was a thing that caused him to be successful. It was a thing that caused him to be in the faith hall of fame like we see in Hebrew. Like, that caused him to be the guy that in church circles, he's the one guy that everybody talks about. It was his connection. It wasn't anything else. It was his connection. And it's the same type of connection that Jesus talks about. And here's the deal. You guys need to know this. Guys, this Wednesday stuff, It's so much bigger than Wednesday night. Like church, like what we talk about here is so much bigger than sitting in a room for an hour on Wednesday. You guys have 167 hours out there. So I'm gonna tell you something. There is nothing in this moment that I'm gonna say that is going to trump, other than the truth of God's word, hear me, the 167 hours of other things you're gonna be a part of. Like if you want this thing to change you, like if you actually wanna take ownership, if you want this to be a social club, it can be that easy. I don't have to be the one talking because I'm not that social. You know what I'm saying? But if you want this to actually do what it's meant to do and actually transform you from the inside out and actually be the one place and thing that you can escape to to find the peace and joy and escape that you're longing for, it has to go beyond and outside these walls. Because hear me when I say this, like this is very important. The relationship that Jesus desires to have with us, it isn't just connecting with him once a week, but it's staying connected throughout the week. Imagine if you could take that connection, that belonging, that love that you feel in here into every single 167 hours of your week. That means Thursday night. When you're feeling lonely in your room, you can actually feel the same feeling of belonging you feel in your crew. Like imagine when it's test day, the same peace that you feel in worship here, you can feel going into a test that you feel ill-equipped to handle. Like the same feeling of belonging you feel when you're surrounded by people here that love you and actually want to challenge you to be a better person than you ever thought you could be. Imagine that feeling and that knowing that you could feel even though that you're the person that didn't get uh, invited to that party and now you feel alone and isolated. The goal of all this is that you could remain and stay connected to Jesus throughout the week. But the question is how? How take everything that we do here away? Because that's coming when you're a senior. All of this is going to be gone. How do you sustain what God does in you for the rest of your life? How, man, when Jesus leaves, when, when, when this moment is over, when Thursday morning comes or Sunday, when Monday comes, how do you take ownership of the thing that you, took a part, you were a part of here? Well, see, guys, this is the exact uh, dilemma that the, the disciples faced. The disciples, they were the 12 uh, crazy people, actually, teenagers who were a lot crazier than mo- most of uh, you guys. Uh, they were nuts. They spent three years with Jesus, right? The Savior of the world, Jesus, this is God in flesh. We talked about last week, the Son of God. Like, it was, it was actually God, bro. For three years, day in, day out, they spent time with him every single day. So you can imagine, their life was incredible, right? There came a moment where Jesus said, hey, dudes uh, uh, and, and females, uh, I'm about to leave. So these guys who have spent the last three years of their life with Jesus every day seeing miracles, seeing miracles, Uh, 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 five loaves of bread turn into enough to feed 15,000 to the point they still, like, they never had to pay for food. Jesus even said, hey, don't take any money for food because I'm gonna provide for you everywhere you go. Free fruit all the time. It was amazing. He said, hey, everything that I've done for you, I'm about to leave you. And Wednesday's about to be over for you. Camp's almost coming to a close. You guys know the PCD, the post-camp depression. I am about to leave you. Imagine if Jesus said that to you. I'm leaving you. How would you feel? You ever lose a best friend? You ever transition from one school where you're the top dog to another school where you're nothing? I'm about to leave you. Imagine how they felt. Worthless. They felt scared to death, right? And then Jesus actually provides a solution because Jesus said to the disciples, hey guys, I'm leaving you, but it's actually better if I do because if I stay with you, you can only be where I am, but I'm actually gonna give you something that will allow me to be with you everywhere that you are when I die and and go back to heaven. And this is what he says. He says, hey, as soon as I leave you, I'm gonna go to heaven and I'm gonna do this. Listen, this is what he says. He says, "Uh, I will go to the, I will ask the Father, talking about God, the Father, and he is gonna give you a helper, one just like me, who will never, y'all say never leave you, never. He is the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you into all truth. And get this, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it does not recognize him. Watch what he says right here. But you know him, watch this, because he lives with you now, but later he will be in you. Jesus, right here, in physical form, he says, you're going to know him because right now he's living with you, like a friend lives with you, like your parents live with you. But later, when I leave, he's going to live where? In you. See, the solution to the problem that we all face of how can we stay constantly connected, was solved the moment you put your faith in Jesus. Because unlike Moses, we don't have to do all this work to come into God's presence. We don't have to leave all the distractions that is our life and go to some solitary place to connect with God. We don't have to somehow try to find a ride or get out of practice early to come connect with God here. He said, I'm actually gonna solve your problem that you don't even know you have yet. I'm gonna put the solution in you, and it's called my spirit. What the Bible teaches, as a follower of Jesus, if you don't know this, you need to catch this. This will cataclysmically change the trajectory of your life. Jesus said that the same exact spirit, that, that, that energy, that life that was in Jesus, that enabled him to do every miracle, that enabled him to live a perfect, sinless life, he said, hey, I'm going to give it to you for free. And the way that you receive it is by putting your faith in me. That the way you take ownership of your faith is becoming aware of God's presence in you. And we're going to practice this and do this in a moment. And this is going to change everything for some of you. That for you, you no longer have to come to church to connect with God. All you have to do, wherever you are, is to connect with him because he's there. You just aren't aware of it. That means that you don't have to wait to talk to your crew leader when you're dealing with an issue or a problem. You can talk to Jesus because, man, he is actually right here. You just have to become aware of it. And so for me, I heard this and understood this principle that God put the solution in me. I don't have to go to anybody else. I can actually come to myself because he's here. It changed everything for me. Uh-huh. And so for me, practically, what this looks like, because day day, guys, the longer you do life with Jesus, the realize you, the more you realize how wrecked you are and how utterly dependent you are on him. You guys need to know that. Life only gets harder from here, uh, only gets harder. And so for me, like, I, I, I have to have this. You can talk to any of your crew leaders. It's the same with them. For me, practically, what it looks like is every single morning, what I'll do is I'll get up, try to, try to get up before my wife and Jace I'll give me a cup of coffee, and I will spend time connecting with God in my word and in prayer. And that starts my day. But the goal was not just to do that. The goal is to have a time where I can connect with him, and then throughout the day, like, I'll have different try-to reminders to remind myself to try to connect with him. And I'm not perfect, but what this does for me is this actually centers me in the midst of the chaos that's all around me. Because remember, you don't have to go or do anything because it's in you. And hear me, this is why having a time with God is important, but understanding like, you you guys need to hear this. I used to be told like, you're going to hell if you don't spend time with God. And then I started trying to do that and they're like, you have to spend an hour in prayer. You have to spend an hour and a half reading your Bible. I was like, oh my God, that is impossible. I I have homework to do. And so please hear me when I say this. Be free from that and understand this. What is important, it's not the amount of time, but that you actually have a time. Because trust me, you can never spend enough time. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why we have an eternal time. You know what I'm saying? Like, heaven, there, there is no time. Yeah. So it is not important the amount of time. It's that you actually have a time. So this is before you go to school. Man, popping up a verse and just meditating on it. And when I say meditate, I mean just like dwelling on it, thinking about it. Whenever you go into a test, man, go to the bathroom, and instead of pooping, pray. I do the junk all the time. I get to the bathroom. I ain't taking a dump. Dumping my problems on God. You know what I'm saying? That's a bad mental image. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's gross. He can take it. I don't know what we're saying anymore. The point is, that this thing is meant to go from here. And what, we, what I wanna do right now, uh, can I have the lights come down real quick? We're not gonna do anything weird, but I wanna show you guys how simple this is. Uh, Josh, can you cut on some worship music just real quick? Literally what this looks like, and we're not gonna make it weird, we just wanna make this very practical for you guys. That was really cool. Literally what you can do at any moment of the day, and some of you guys who have been here long enough, you, you know this, we call this thing uh, dropping down. Because what we do believe is that, man, The Holy Spirit, God, he lives in us. The Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus, he comes and lives in you, in your spirit. But how many many times you guys know that a lot of times your head will get in the way of you connecting with God? Like when you're in worship, you're so focused on everybody else, you can't focus on God. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really hard to connect with him. And so what we do, this is a simple thing that uh, my pastor taught me and we talked about with a lot of you guys that you can do practically every single day to kind of feel his presence. So for example, that fruit thing we talked about, um, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he has nine different fruits or traits or kind of personality traits. You know, some people say you're kind of crazy, you're kind of uh, wild, funny. Well, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he has personality traits. And it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And it's, it's in Galatians five twenty-two through 23. Can y'all put that up there for me, Josh? It should be up there. If it's not, okay, it doesn't matter. The Bible says uh, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. I said something more than once. Please don't. That was a theological error. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit or these kinds of feelings in your life. Look, it says love. Guys, we all need love. Many of you don't feel loved. Joy. My God, do we need joy in the midst of the depression epidemic. Peace. In the midst of every anxiety, imagine if you finally felt peace. Patience. Patience. (laughs) I need so much faith. Kindness, goodness, faith. What you can do every single day, pull up this verse as a list, and literally, because the Bible says what Josh has been talking about, is that God is so good, whenever you ask Him something, He is faithful to answer. So literally, what you can do every single day is, let's say you're in a stressful situation. Literally, take a moment, kind of get away from everything, just kind of quiet yourself for a moment, and ask God, God, what would it feel like to feel your peace? And just wait. And God will begin, and and for so, this might be weird, this might be a new concept, but guys, if you can catch this, this will change everything for you. So many people are escaping to so many other things, but they can catch the reality that the solution is in them, it'll change everything. And they'll save a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? Um, So what I want you guys to do, real quick, I want you to close your eyes. I'm gonna make everybody do this. You don't have to if you don't want to, close your eyes. I want you to think of a stressful or difficult situation that you are dealing with right now. Maybe it's the drama that's at school. Maybe it's the test that's coming up. Maybe it is the pressure that you feel from your parents or your coaches. Maybe it's the insecurity you feel because you're at a new school. Maybe it's the isolation you feel because you don't really know anybody sitting around you. Just focus on that for a second. See, the more you focus on that, the more worried or whatever you'll become. But this is what it means to connect with Jesus. Whatever it is, whatever you need, whether you need love, joy, peace, whatever, I want you to, under your breath, just say, God, what would it feel like to feel your love. Whatever it is. I want you to do that under your breath. And I'll lead us and I'll do mine. But I want you guys just to sit in that for a minute and feel it. You might get a picture of something. You might feel something. So God, right now, what would it feel like for us to feel your peace? Just sit in it. God, what would it feel like to feel, actually feel your love? The first time I did this, I asked God, I said, God, what would it feel like to feel your love? And I remember in my mind, it was a weird picture. I got me coming into, I I could kind of see it in my imagination. A boy walking into a room and this like big like dude on a throne came running after me and embraced me. And it was crazy because I felt like that was God saying to me because I've always had kind of issue with authority. And in that moment, I could feel God's love like never before. And I wasn't at church. I was in my bedroom, struggling. Imagine what it would look like if you no longer had to escape, if you no longer had to worry about the problems that you're dealing with, but you can actually center yourself and focus on God because he's right there. Wherever you guys, uh, I just wanna pray over you guys, and then we're gonna go to cruise. If you guys, man, felt anything, if you guys, man, you believe God spoke to you, I want you guys to be very open with your crew leaders, even after, uh, because guys, this, I promise you, this is the thing that has changed my life. Understanding that God actually put the solution to every problem you'll face in you. You just have to become aware of it. Uh, so, God, right now, I just pray over every single student in this room. God, what would it feel like to feel your confidence? to face tomorrow? What would it feel like to feel your joy? God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit, it would become so real for every single one of them that no matter what they face, God, they can connect with you and they can find peace. They can find joy. God, I pray for every single person who can hear the sound of my voice. God, that just like Jesus could steal the storms. God, I pray that you would give them the ability in your spirit to steal whatever storm they're facing. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that every single student in here as they go home, as they go to their school tomorrow, uh, that they would be a light to people who desperately need it. That we would put away all judgment, all drama. And God, we would simply be people who can show other people, God, the God that we've experienced. Holy Spirit, I pray for our crews and I pray that the conversations be real and they actually lead to community and life change. In Jesus name. Amen.